Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Appreciate the good singing this morning. Turn with us to Luke chapter number 22. Luke chapter number 22. Um, appreciate those that spend time with our young ones to teach them these songs. Uh, we was, we was, as you're turning, we, we, were, we were farming on Friday evening and had all three of the grandkids with us. And, um, Scarlett, she was just minding her own business and, and I happened to look up from what I was doing and she was singing. And I started listening, and she's singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And then she took her hand and put it right in a pile of cow manure on my car. <laughs> it matters what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you can wipe that other stuff off, but the stuff you put in their heart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, brother. That matters. That matters. Luke chapter number 22. We're going to begin uh, at verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, Strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Thou with us, Father, thank you for your word. We pray for the unction to share it. We confess how desperate we are for it. Speak it to us as only you can. We have no strength within ourselves. We pray the unction of the Holy Spirit, God, would do the work. Every heart that's here is precious, and every soul needs a reminding, God, of where we're at, and, Father, who is against us. But, Lord, I thank you, Father, that there's a truth. There's a truth in this, and I pray we receive it with joy and obey it. Thank you for what you're going to do as we humbly ask we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. It was just six verses before that the disciples were grumbling among themselves about who would be the greatest. Temptation had already begun. The work of the enemy had already started. Now, we're not given an account of of what kind of heavenly conversation may have been going on. We know that, that Satan has tried, and we, we learn in the Old Testament in the book of Job how that he often accuses the brethren. And I wondered to myself, as I was reading this, I wonder if Satan even at the moment was accusing Peter. Listen, Adam, he might have said as he was speaking Listen to what they're saying. They don't care for Christ. They care for themselves. What a worthless bunch these are. 
You need just give them over to me and I'll prove it. Who will be the greatest, they said. And then Jesus would speak in verse 31 directly to Simon, but I believe he was speaking to all of them. They were all in, in, in the presence of the Lord and they could hear his voice. And I don't have any doubt in my mind that the, the plan of the enemy was to destroy these men. Tear down what Jesus built. Stop what he had started. End what he had begun. And yet Jesus speaks to Simon and gives him a startling truth. He tells him something that Simon didn't know. He speaks to him a verse, a truth that Peter had no idea was going on. Aren't you glad you can't see the real spiritual battles? I don't know that my little brain could handle such a truth. If I knew how Satan desires to tear me down. I'm glad I don't know, but Jesus told Peter that night. There was an importance of telling him this at this moment. Peter had a sword among him. You find that out if you keep reading when Jesus told him to take no script or purse or sword at one time, but now he said, take it. And they said, we have two. And he said, that's enough. He had a sword. What Jesus knew that Peter didn't know was that Peter was going to cut a man's ear off that night. He also knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. He also knew that when they would take Jesus unto Caiaphas, the high priest, that they would all scatter like sheep. Jesus knew that. I didn't come to share with you this morning the frailty of man. You're well aware of how how insignificant we are. I don't have to remind you that you don't have the strength to do it yourself. You know that. But I do want to give you some encouragement today that your God knows what you're against. He knows more than you do what you're against. And I'm glad that he understands my enemy better than I do. He said, Simon, he said, Satan hath desired to have you. (laughs) He knew something that Peter didn't know. He knew something that he was fixing to share. And I don't know that he'd ever done this before other than this one time. But he spoke of something he knew specifically about the plans of the enemy for his own people. He said, Peter, Satan hath desired to have you. Now, I realize that some of us do so little for Christ, he may not even bother. And if that's the case, may that be an indictment on your soul that you need to get right with God and busy as well. We ought to give Satan something to desire, something that he wills to stop, something that he wants. And I can tell you, when you would do good, evil is always present. Now, some of us may be on break time because he ain't bothering us, but that's because we ain't doing anything. We ain't lifting a finger for God. We're not praising him. We're not sharing him. We're not living for him. We're not making it hard on what he's doing. But all for those that will. 
for those that'll be faithful to God, for those that'll pray, for those that'll seek him, for those that'll come to his house and exalt him and to share him with someone else. I want you to know today that Satan desires to have you. As a matter of fact, what Jesus would tell Peter even more graphically was he wants to sift you his wheat. (laughs) Now, It was a serious statement that he was making, but I want you to know that the gravity of such a word ought to make us tremble. At least in concept as we recognize that there is one that despises who we love so much that he would do everything he could to tear us down. The Bible said concerning the enemy, Satan, the old devil himself, the Bible said that he has come to seek to kill and destroy. He wants to take everything you have. He wants to tear down your life. He wants to destroy your marriage, send your children to hell, break your home apart. He wants to sift you as we. That's our enemy. The apostle Peter, of all people in 1 Peter chapter number 5, would warn us. He would say there that you have an adversary. And he said, your adversary goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He has a plan, and he wants to execute that plan. And may I say to you today, he's successful in a great many homes. He's tearing people apart by the millions. He's destroying homes and binding people toward that awful eternity in hell. Every single day. But I'd like to talk to the family of God this morning. I want to tell you the truth as the Lord shared with Peter. Satan does desire to have you. <laughs> oh, but he can't. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I got some good news Thank for you. God. He can desire all he wants to have me. <laughs> but there was another one stepped up one day and said, I believe I'll have him. There was another one came into my life one day and said, I'll take that one. He ain't worth anything to the rest of the world. He ain't fit for nothing but casting away. But I'll take him. I'm going to send my son to die in his place. And I'll tell you, I exchanged masters that day. For the one that took over me that day, the enemy has no power over. He can desire all he wants to to have me. He can want to sip me as wheat. But I'll tell you, I've been passed into the hand that he can't get out of. Ain't no man able to pluck me out of his hand. You see, I think why Jesus told Peter this was so that he could tell him the next thing. He said, Satan hath desired to have you. Now, I believe that Peter believed in the enemy. I believe he understood that, that, that Satan was real. I believe he understood it. He had been taught it as a good Jew all of his life. That there was a serpent and the serpent beguiled Eve in the garden. Sin came upon man. We're all uh, failed because of that sin. And here I believe when he said Satan hath desired to have you, he wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to grind you into powder. I just love it when Jesus says, but. Don't you? That changes everything. Amen. Amen. When the Lord says, but, you better perk your ears up for there's something good fixing to be said. When he says, but, I, 
I remember the place in Romans. The Bible said, he said, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Ain't you glad, friend, that when the Lord is in control, there ain't anything can come to your house that ain't passed through his hand. We learn this truth in the book of Job. As Satan accused old Job, he said he don't love you. The only reason he loves you is because you're good to him. You've pampered him. You've given him all that stuff. He's got all these things. He's the richest man in the East. He don't really love you. You take away that stuff and Job will curse you. (laughs) Anybody remember that the devil is a liar? He's the father of the lie. I want you to know today that all he can do for the children of God is accuse us. Now, I may be guilty of some things, but I also want you to know that the Lamb of God paid a price one day that took my sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore. He has nothing else to accuse me of. My sin's under the blood of Jesus Christ, and he dare not go under it. He can't do anything with my sin. He may desire to have you. He does desire to have some of you. He'd do anything to stop what you're doing. As a matter of fact, some of you know he's trying. Some of you faced some of his obstacles last week or the week before. Some of you have felt some of the wiles as they hit your shield. Some of them have met with the foes of the enemy as they have tried to deter you and to stop you and to slow you down and to hinder your place. But you also know that you're here today by the grace of a God that cannot be stopped. He can desire all he wants to, but he can't have me. He can't have me. He can't get into the hand that I'm in. He might desire to sift you as wheat, but Jesus said this. He said, but. Oh, he said, but. He said, I have prayed for thee. I prayed for you. You say, well, it'd been nice if he'd have just given him a few more things, right? Give him a list of, of all these other things that he's done to combat and to stand against the enemy. Why, he's a formidable foe. Certainly, Jesus had more to say than that. No, (laughs) no. He said, don't worry. Don't be afraid. He said, let me tell you something. I prayed for you. You say, well, I'm just not sure that that's significant enough. May I say to you today, when Jesus speaks something, something happens. There ain't anything, friend, that the Lamb of God ever spoke that the Father in heaven didn't hear. I want you to know everything he ever prayed, God heard it. God heard it. We see him outside the tomb of Lazarus that day as he wept. And then the Bible said that he spoke. He spoke and he said, Father, he said, thank you for hearing me. He said, for I know you always hear me. How many know that he always hears you? Oh, I'm glad today that when Jesus spoke as he was on this earth that God heard him. 
There wasn't a time the Lamb of God spoke and he was wondering. He was wondering whether or not God could hear him. The only time I could think in my mind was as he hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But I want you to know Jesus wasn't praying to come off that cross. He wasn't asking for the help of the Father. He was bearing the sins of the world. You say, does it matter? Yes, it matters. You say, how can you be so confident that the devil can't destroy you? Because Jesus has prayed for me. He's prayed for me. Let me read to you some scripture this morning. I hope it'll benefit your heart. Hebrews chapter number 7. Verse number 25, wherefore he is able, who he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Now how in the world is he able to save them? Let me read it to you. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Did you know that Jesus prays for you? Did you know that Jesus makes intercession for you? Yeah, he prayed in John chapter 14 for me. I read that prayer. Boy, that's a good prayer too. Amen. Jesus prayed for me. No, the Bible said that he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Do you know that means he is always interceding on your behalf? Now, I don't know about you, but if I want anybody praying for me, I'd like to know that he is. I'd like to know that he cares. I'd like to know that he understands who's against me. And I thank God he don't tell me what he's trying to do. I'd probably crumble in the fear of it. But bless God, he knows who it is. And you know what? He's sitting right beside the one who knows all things. Amen. The right hand of the Father. I believe he just looks over and he begins to intercede for me. And he said, that one's mine. He can't have him. Ever liveth to make intercession for me. Now I can see some of you, that, that encourages you. And there's some of you, you still unmoved. Let me say something to you right now. Because he prayed for you, there ain't anything in this world that is impossible. Amen. He said, if you'll ask in my name, he said, it shall be given. He said, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. You say, how come? Because I'll tell you right now, my Savior, his checkbook, it ain't, it ain't limited by what this world says. He's able to help me. Amen. He knows what I need. And my master, he's interceding for me ever liveth to make intercession for us. Well, that adds a little strength to his his statement to Peter. Yeah, he said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. He said, but. (laughs) Right, I can see him in my mind's eye. I might get to heaven. Jesus said, you had that all wrong. (laughs) But I can see it in my mind's eye. I can see him grin. As he had told, that was some pretty grave news. That's, that, that, was a, that was a startling alert that, that I, he was on the radar of the most hated enemy. Oh, he wants to have you, he said. He wants to sift you as wheat. Oh, but he said, <laughs> right, just like, I prayed for you. Like, that's enough. Right, like that ought to do you. Like, you ought to be able to leave right here right now and just be happy as a bird, right, man, because he prayed for you. 
Well, I find in the word of God that when he prayed, stuff happened. He ever lived to make intercession for us. The Bible said in Romans 8, 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. That's twice he said it. Once in Hebrews 7, once in Romans. Amen. You know what he wants us to recognize? That there's somebody praying for us. Jesus prays for us. Now, I realize that there's times when the enemy's attacks, they seem so violent and so fearful. Sometimes that you feel like you're going to fall. You ain't going to make it. You're not going to come out of this. But I just want you to know he's prayed for you. You say, well, I don't know he's prayed for you. Really? The book said he does. And who will argue with the book? He said he prayed for you. He ever lives to make intercession. Bless his name. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Bless God. I ain't done with who prays for you. I got more. But I just want you to know that it tickles me to death to know that he prays for me. You see, he's able to see what my opposition is doing. He knows their ramparts. He knows their battlements. He knows their strategy. He knows their plan. He knows I don't know it. Thank God I don't know anything. But I know this. He does. And according to his word, he has prayed for me. And friend, that's enough. Well, we know that Jesus has prayed for us. He said, but I have prayed for you. As if that just settled the whole matter. And I hope tonight or this morning that that some of you leave with it settled. Right? You leave here not down of heart, but excited because he has prayed for you. He will and can do all that need be done. But not only. Right? Ain't that like God, right? The gifts just keep coming. Not only do I have the master, the creator, sitting beside God Almighty, interceding for me. But the Bible said that he sent the third part of the Godhead to live in me. And guess what he does? Now you might think, well, Jesus is up there and I'm down here, right? I need somebody with me. Hello, we got somebody with us. Amen. He knows what you're going through. He knows what the enemy's going to do. Bless God, he ain't over there trying to calculate how they're going to get to him. He knows his plan. He knows his way. He knows his wiles and his devices. He knows everything that he's going to do. And you know what the Holy Spirit's doing? He's interceding for you too. Not only do I have the creator of the universe praying for me, But I got the Holy Spirit of God praying, seeking. Here's what he said in Romans 8, 27. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Who does that? The Holy Spirit. You say, boy, there are good days when I can just ask the Holy Spirit to pray for me. He never said a thing about you asking him to do it. Ain't you glad? 
because most of the time when we head under trying to fight the thick of the enemy off of us, the last thing we can think of is, Spirit of God, pray for me. But guess what? He's praying for us. He's interceding. I'm telling you right now, I know he hears the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that these three are one. That's right. Right? One can't think something and the other not know it. Or they wouldn't be one. They'd be three separate. No, he said, this is, it confounds me, but these three are one. Whenever the Holy Spirit begins to utter unto God something I can't even speak, groanings that I can't utter, he begins to tell God what's going on. I want you to know I've got one at the right hand praying for me and I've got one in my heart praying for me. Now you can give up and lay down if you want to. But you needn't. No, Jesus was fairly confident when he looked at Peter and said, oh, but I've prayed for you. That solves all your problems. (laughs) I prayed for you. And here you thought it was all about you. You thought it was all about your prayer. You thought it was all about your heart. There's one that prays for me in spite of me. Glory to God in spite of me. He prays for me. I like being saved. I just like being saved. I tell you right now, you can't put a price tag on what it means to be born again. You take one little aspect like what we're trying to dive into this morning and you just can't get it all said. Jesus prays for me. The Spirit of God prays for me. Who else prays for you, preacher? Well, according to the Scripture, you do. Now, don't none of you say, no, I don't pray for you. According to the word of God, Galatians 6 and 2, the Bible said to bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know what I believe? I believe the church prays for me. I do. I believe the church prays for me. He prays for me. He prays for me. And I believe you pray for me. (laughs) You notice I ain't even uttered a prayer yet. Glory to God. Now you thought it was all about you. You thought it was all about your prayer. You thought it was all about your heart. I want you to know that God's pray, the Lord's praying for you, the Holy Spirit's praying for you, and your church is praying for you, and you ain't even asked any of them. It ain't no wonder he said, but I prayed for you. You know what he said? He said it with such confidence that he declared a future truth. Based on his praying for Peter, he said, when thou art converted. There wasn't no if. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. They're going to need this same truth. I have prayed for you, and that is sufficient. The enemy can't do anything with the prayers of my master. The Lord prays for me. The Holy Spirit prays for me. And the church prays for me. You know what? I believe he hears the church. I do. 
I believe he hears the church. You say, how do you know? The Bible said, <laughs> he told Peter as well, he said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell not prevail against it. I believe the church prays for one another. We've been given a commission, I believe, of Christ to love one another. And if you love somebody, guess what you're going to do for them? You're going to pray for them. And do those prayers work? Yes, indeed they work. Amen. Amen. When it comes time for me to need, amen, if I need somebody to pray for me, I'll tell you right now, I send it out on the prayer line. Everybody know what the prayer line is. We got a prayer line here. And if you've got a need, you know who you're sending it to? You're sending it to all the church. And you know what they do when they see that? They take up your burden and they begin to pray for you. They pray for you. Oh, I'm glad today. The Bible said in James 5, 16, he said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. For he said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The church has prayed for me. I remember in the scripture, the Bible said that old Peter, he's locked up in prison. And the Bible said, but the church was praying for him. They wasn't believing too well for him, but they were sure praying for him. Peter locked up in the prison. He's asleep. The Bible said the angel woke him up, said, we're going out. <laughs> Peter gets up rubbing his eyes, and he's following this man, and his guard's just standing there, and he's walking by. The gates fly open. Am I awake? And he walks right out the door. He gets to the house where they gathered and they're praying. Right? They so intent praying. He's knocking on the door. Won't nobody come. Why? Because they're praying. Who are they praying for? They're praying for him. <laughs> Finally, the little girl opens the door. Astonished. I believe she slammed it. Run back. The Peter's at the door. Says, She's seen a ghost. Finally, somebody opens the door. And they were all astonished that what they had prayed worked. You don't believe it works when the church prays? I beg to differ. I could tell you many of times in my life that I know the church prayed for me and God did something because they prayed. I'll not go into it, but I, I'll tell you right now, I believe I had cancer in my throat one time and the church prayed for me. I believe that. I believe my preaching ministry was over, but God did something through the church. I was at Edgewood Church, the pastor, and they got me on the altar and they all fell on me and they prayed. And I went to the specialist at UT the next week and they gagged me to death going in my throat with them scopes. And they said, Mr. Boring, we don't know what your problem was, but we can't find it now. I want you to know that I believe the church prayed for me. I'll die believing that God did something because of their prayer. God, the Christ prays for me, the Holy Spirit prays for me, and the church prays for me. Lastly, I pray for me. Don't you? Don't you pray for you? 
was probably my most said prayer. Help me. Lord, help me. Help me. I need help. I pray for me all the time. I know me better than you know me. I need prayer. And I pray for me. But guess what? He hears me too. He hears me too. And you don't have to tell your story, but I'm going to tell it for you. Here's what happens when I go to talking with him. He comes and talks to me. Say, oh, that I'm telling you the truth. He's real. I've prayed for him from every corner of this place. I've prayed for him in the pine thickets. I've prayed for him in the ditches and in my boat. I've prayed all over this place. You know why? Because I pray for me too. And he hears me. And he hears you. And he hears the Holy Spirit. And he hears the Christ. What should you not take from this morning as confidence that you're not going down, but you're going up? The enemy can do a lot. And I, come and get a song. I'll, I'll say this. There are times that, that if, you, if you give in, you lay down, you quit praying yourself, you quit asking for prayer of your brothers and sisters. I've seen a many go down under the oppression of the devil because they quit praying. But let me be clear about this. You will never go down when you're praying. Got too many people praying for me. The Lord, the Holy Spirit, you and me. I got too many people to pray for me to ever resign to anybody that the devil has any power whatsoever. There is nothing that comes to me that the Lord hadn't already made a way for me to run away from it a door of escape. There is in every temptation that I face a way of escape. There is never a situation that I'm in that the Father does not absolutely 100% in full confidence know just what to do. And he's got Jesus interceding for me. He's got the Holy Spirit interceding for me. He's listening to all you people pray for me. And then I go to pray in myself. You know what happens? It ain't long. Seems long sometimes, but it ain't long. That suddenly everything that you was afraid of is now gone. Everything the enemy said you figured out was lies. And you're standing again on the confidence of a word that is forever settled in heaven where he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He made a promise to you and me. And he said, those that the Father had given me, he said, I've lost none. What makes you think you're going to start on the bad list? I ain't lost none. That's because it ain't dependent upon you to keep you. The keeping power is what's in his hand. The keeping power is him. The preacher, I, I feel like I'm going down. No, you ain't going down. You, you feel like it, I'll grant you that, but you ain't going down. 
devil have to cross over to, over to Calvary. The devil have to somehow defeat the one that defeated death and hell. Took the keys with him. The devil is not a conqueror. My king is. And he has forever conquered the foes of my life. Hard days will come. They will. And your adversary ain't going to stop just because I preached an encouraging message. Right? You think he cares what I say? You think he's going to stop beating on you and coming at you? No. He's not going to quit. All I'm trying to get is I just want you to get the butt part. I just want you to realize, yeah, Satan may desire to sift you as wheat. But, but, ain't nothing he can do. Ain't nothing he can do. You got one in heaven praying for you, one in your heart praying for you, a church is praying for you, and I hope to God you praying for you. You got a lot of prayers going up. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, he said, avails much. Be encouraged today. We're not going down. Nope, we're going up. And we're going up together. We may stumble along and have to pick one another up every step of the way. But he's prayed for me. And I have confidence today that that which I have committed unto him, that he is able to keep it against that day. Ain't that good? Be encouraged. Be encouraged, saints of God. Be encouraged. Because he's prayed for you. Would you stand with us this morning? I don't know your heart, but if you're here this morning and you need to pray, my, what a good thing to do is to pray. That's what the Lord does. He intercedes for me. Let's pray.